Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. As always, I am joined by my co-host, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire, Mr. James Johnson. Uh, We wanted to get this episode up here today uh, in wake of the news that happened over this past weekend. Of course, we were planning on recording a standard episode here this week, I believe, We are going to have Coach Nick Trist here on a little bit later this week from Believe in the Game Plan. Excited to have him. Uh, But, Jay, we had to go ahead and get together and and record this right away because, of course, the news broke over the weekend that the Jaguars did finally finalize a trade for Yannick Ngakwe, which, of course, we were going to get into later on this week. But then we were dropped the news this morning via a press release that you and I both received this morning from Jaguars PR that they have waived running back Leonard Fournette, former first-round pick, and, uh, of course, we wanted to get our thoughts up right away. So, Jay, let's go ahead and, you know, skip the, you know, the normal uh, stuff, because, like I said, we are going to get into a regular episode later this week. But let's get right into it here. So uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, gone from the team, leaves a running back room that is uh, that, that's lacking a, a lot of experience, I guess I'll say. Before I let you go, I'm going to go ahead and and read some of the statement that, or some of the um, the words that we got from Doug Marone in the press conference. I said, well, I think what happened was I tried to challenge everyone, coaches and scouts, to look at what we've been doing in practice, not knowing how the players are going to come back, not knowing who we had, not having a lot of experience to them and that we'd have to make good decisions on what's best for the team. Let's not go ahead and say, well, because this player did this before, we'll get the same type of results. Really, we've just tried to take the team and put the best team together from what we've seen in our practices. At the end of the day, I felt like this was the best. I felt that was the best decision for our team. And I think it gives us the best opportunity with the skill sets that we have with other players in there. I just felt that's what that's what's best for the team and going and doing it now. We've exhausted all trade opportunities and weren't able to get anything there. So I just felt we can now work on the team, the plan and getting ready for the season. So, Jay, I'll hand the floor over to you. Uh, Leonard Fournette gone from the Jacksonville Jaguars after just four seasons. Yeah, so in hearing you read that presser, you know, like what I came away from that and just kind of sitting back and reflecting on it, uh, it's possible that with Jay Groom coming into this equation, they feel like they have better fits on that team uh, to fit this new offense. Of course, Chris Thompson immediately comes to mind because Chris Thompson was with the Washington Redskins. Now, we'll rewind a little bit back to uh, – and me and you just did a podcast with Andrew – from the Jags Roar podcast, shout out to him. We kind of discussed this thing. At least me, I probably can speak for you on this too, but I don't want to speak for you. But I I think we immediately saw it as odd that the Jacksonville Jaguars tried to trade Leonard Fournette during the draft or before the draft at some point around the April area is what we'll say because we don't know uh, the full details of it. But Adam Schefter did come out and say that they they tried to trade Leonard Fournette. With that being the case, it sounds like, you know, just from what we can gather, basically Dave came up short 
couldn't find a suitor for him. Uh, and, you know, our thing, at least my thing, and this is what we said on the, the Jags Roar podcast, was how do you come back from a situation like that where the team tried to trade you and it's all roses and daisies, you know, like, of course, you know, he has the money to motivate him and so on and so forth. But in the back of your mind, you still have to feel like, hey, this team just tried to get rid of me and so on and so forth. So for the Jacksonville Jaguars to go into that situation and come out of it without anything and without trading him, you know, you you could see why they're cutting him now. If you put it all together, uh, sure, you know, we were thinking he'd go through the season, he'd go make his money, and then they'll just cut him or they'll just uh, not resign him after the season. Uh, but that made for an awkward situation that I couldn't really piece together at the time. I was like, so you just going to let him play in 2020 after you try to trade him? Like, that makes no sense to me. And now it's all coming into uh, it's all starting to make sense now. I don't think they ever plan to let him step foot on the field in 2020 because that trade indicated it. They probably made it up in their mind. Hey, we can't get Leonard Fournette off our books. OK, well, eventually, you know, we'll probably let him go. Uh, but they needed to be sure of what they had in terms of practice. And, you know, maybe they seen enough out of Chris Thompson and Armstead and so on and so forth. And, and made that decision after watching those guys in training camp and finding out concretely that they they felt that they have enough. We'll see if they those guys are ultimately any good, but they felt that they had enough to go ahead and make this move and cut Leonard Fournette. Right, and you see the the quote that's going around the most is, uh, we couldn't get anything, a fifth, a sixth, anything. We couldn't get anything. And... Um, yeah, I really think that they must. I think it was Mike K. I saw him tweet out, and he made a really good point. As far as Leonard Fournette, I know there's gonna, there are a lot of emotional people right now in Jacksonville. Okay, I get it. Leonard is a fan favorite, and even though his production has been a little bit all over the place, fans love this guy. They really do. And uh, you know, take take some of the off the field incidents, um, you know, away, and some of the some of his conduct in the 2018 season. Uh, despite all that. The fan base really, really loves this guy, and I know that they're they're trying to figure out what exactly just happened. And um, man, it's I would say that and to go back to what I was saying about Mike K. He he made the comment that Leonard Fournette is a guy who requires a lot of carries, and this move shows me and tells me that they're pretty comfortable with their running back room, and they were pretty much prepared to spread the ball around, which probably would have been detrimental to Leonard's running style. Correct. Yo, man, you hit the nail right on the head because I actually forgot to mention that part of the equation and I haven't seen Mike Cage tweet, uh, but you make a good point. And I, when you said it, I was like, dang, I forgot to add something on. And you were saying it right as I was thinking about this. Leonard Fournette is a guy that, you know, if you look at it, we don't know him personally, but the coaching staff knows him a little bit better. And the thing about it is I, I've said this too. Shout outs to Stodge, or I think it was my cousin. We had this conversation about it because they're Jags fans. And my thing that I came to the conclusion with with Leonard Fournette is that basically Leonard is the type of running back that we've kind of got vibes that he doesn't like to come off the field all that much. And like you said, for the type of running back that he is, you know, he needs to come off the field at times to be a rugged grounded pound running back in this day and age, especially with his injury history. And, you know, a lot of that kind of goes into 
what me and you have talked about before is a lot of why Leonard Fournette has struggled is because he, he, to me, in my opinion, if you look at him on film, he lost himself in terms of who he was when he was in college. He was this rugged ground and pound Brandon Jacobs type of running back. Speaking of, you know, Brandon Jacobs, that makes the connection with Tom Coughlin. It probably reminded, you know, they probably remind him of each other, but you know, with Brandon, with that Brandon Jacobs like style, you know, he lost that in college. Like he's like me and you said, he uh it's like he stiff armed the one guy in Auburn, I believe it was, and it looked like he choke slammed him or whatever the case may be. Uh that was the moment you brought up in against the Pittsburgh Steelers where he weighs on the safety and runs over him in his first season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But since that moment, Leonard Fournette has not been that guy that, you know, they drafted him to be in terms of running through people, you know, like it's been times where it's like he's trying to decide what weight he wants to play at. And the weight he played at last year, you could tell, like, he wasn't running through dudes like he was in the beginning stages of his career in the NFL and back when he was with LSU. I can recall one play. I forgot what team it was exactly. He was one-on-one with a defensive back, and I tweeted it. I was like, dude, Leonard Fournette was supposed to run through that guy and drag him all the way to Savannah, Georgia. And he didn't, though. The guy made a one-on-one tackle with him in the open field. And I was so shocked by it. And then when I continued to look at the film from last year, it's like this is all making sense. You know, he is not the running back that they drafted him to be. And that's what they need him to be. But if he's going to be that ground-and-pound guy, he also has to understand that he needs to come off the field at times and uh, preserve himself, whether that's putting Rock Armstead in there more, Chris Thompson more. And I don't know if he was exactly, you know, we don't know how Leonard Fournette felt towards that, but it feels like Leonard Fournette wasn't okay with coming off the field uh, as much as he needed to, to kind of preserve himself and make this thing work with a running backs by committee type of approach. Yeah, so I want to move on to another part of that press conference, Jay, and I tweeted this out. I came away with a lot more questions really than answers, and I, I think a lot of us in the media, including um, including guys like Austin Lane and a few other people, wouldn't be surprised if something came out later this week about maybe this being bigger than football because Coach Marone did state that this was this release was all about what he has seen on the field during camp and not locker room issues. Now, you've pointed out here, uh, just you and I having conversation, about a specific incident that I believe happened last week that you may think might be related to this decision. You want to talk on that really quick? Yeah, it's kind of one of many things. And look, if I can recall correctly, now my timeline may be off, so nobody go running with this. But if I can recall correctly, one of the days that the Jacksonville, I know it was for a fact. Now, I know this part for a fact. It was one of the days that the Jaguars had a maintenance day. And I do remember it felt like now this is the part that I'm trying to remember if it was during practice or if it was after practice. But it felt like it was during practice. Uh, you know, he goes live on Instagram live or he, he you know, he shoots an Instagram live. And my immediate, you know, the notification comes across your phone, basically your iPhone or whatever you have. And I immediately look at it and I'm like Leonard Fournette on Instagram live. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, like, wait, the guys are on the practice field. I know it's a maintenance day for him and some of the veterans, but and and I think it might have been a few rookies on the maintenance day too. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, Gardner Minshew and everybody else, or you know, the other guys are on the field practicing. Why is he shooting an Instagram live video during practice? Albeit, 
he was one of the veterans on maintenance, it's you still have to kind of treat it as practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you wouldn't take your and I don't know the jazz policy on this, but I don't think you're allowed to have your phone on a practice field. So you should treat a maintenance period the same way. So that just struck me as odd. And I turn, I swipe the Instagram live. I look at it and it's Leonard Fournette stretching. And I'm thinking to myself like, okay, well, clearly he's on maintenance, but the Jags, the first thing that registered in my mind is the Jags are going to see this. And I mean, no, it's not that, you know, necessarily that big of a deal, but when you're on the NFL level and so on and so forth, you know, you want to show that you're taking your job seriously, that you're not slacking off at the job. You know, how many of us could go on Instagram live, live on our jobs, you know, when we're supposed to be, quote unquote, working and what have you? You know, like that's just in a, in the normal work field. Most people would say that's kind of skeptical, if you will. So I saw that and I was like, yo, the Jets are going to see this because they follow you on social media. They're going to get the notification. Like, what are you thinking? So like at that point, you know, I also, it also crossed my mind, like for him to do that, like it feels like he just, you know, he doesn't care if they know for him to do that, because like I said, make no mistake about it. They were going to find out about it in some way, shape or form. But, you know, like I said, some people might not see that as a big deal, but in a, in a NFL landscape, when you're trying to show people that you want to put forth the effort to be the best running back there is, that's just simply not a good look. And it kind of just goes back to what I think it was uh, Mike Garofolo said in the report a few months ago that when he, I think he was talking about the Jags were trying to trade him or whatever the case may be. But um, I'm paraphrasing him here, but he said some along the lines of the Jaguars have grown tired of his act. And, you know, he also mentioned in the film room type of stuff, you know, sleeping in the film room, this, that, and the other, you know, this Instagram live incident can go in the ballpark with the sleeping in the classroom type of thing. And it's just these little small things that, like I told you, it's like you're chopping down a tree. You keep chopping that tree bit by bit. Even if you got a small X bit by bit, eventually that tree is going to crumble over and there's going to be problems. And this is, this feels like a case of that basically you know, just incident after incident, albeit minor incidents. You know, this is not a criminal or anything. Make no mistake about it. He's not a criminal guy. You know, he had the arrest with, uh, you know, the driver's license thing, but he's a good dude. But it's these little things that, you know, these little incidents, you know, and, the you know, the fights with Shaq Lawson and being suspended uh, for whatever the case may be that happened in the behind the closed doors of TIAA Bankfield. It's those little things that I feel like just may have led to this as well. And it's more than, like you said, what Dave uh, Doug Marone is saying is more than just what happened on the practice field as well. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the week plays out. Um, you just <laughs> not what I expected to wake up to at eight o'clock in the morning on a, <laughs> on a Monday. We already had a pretty emotional wild ride this, this weekend, starting off with, of course, Friday with the passing of, Chadwick Boseman and I think Jay and I will get more deep into those thoughts when we do release our our, our standard episode here later this week um, but yeah definitely not what I was expecting let's move into the trade here in just a moment um, but Jay just really quick uh, just for uh, you know topic's sake give us a team here I, I that you think Leonard lands on um, because I, I definitely think he's going to land somewhere so before we move into the yawn uh, trade who do you, where do you think Leonard lands next uh the Pittsburgh Steelers come to mind uh, because Mike Tomlin is a guy that I feel like 
He'll bring him. Yeah, yeah, that too. Mike Tomlin has, and again, yeah, you make a good point about that too. Mike Tomlin's seen him on film actually destroy his defenses. And Mike Tomlin's defenses are pretty good, so to speak. So, I mean, I mean, what, were they ranked like second or something overall last year or something like that? Along those lines, top five or something like that. But, I mean, make no mistake about it, that defense is rugged despite how the Jaguars made him look at times. Um, So Mike Tomlin is a guy, though, going back to what I was saying, he's a guy that I feel like that would be willing to work with a young Leonard Fournette and get him right on and off the field in terms of those little incidents that I, I mentioned. Like I said, like, People need to stop with the whole thing like of like trying to compare him to a criminal. He's not a criminal. He just probably needs more guidance, you know, like from a Mike Tomlin, who is a guy that will show you how to be a pro's pro. Uh, so I think that would be a good one um, because and another thing, the the running back they have, what is his name? James. Um, uh, yeah, James Connor. You know, he's had injury history, you know, injury issues as well. So. I mean, not to say Leonard Fournette hasn't, but the more the better if you're going to, you know, have a committee approach or whatever the case may be. Um, Of course, one that comes to mind and nobody's really mentioned this, the New Orleans Saints, because that's home. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know if they would do it, but I mean, they they did just say Alvin Kamara had an ACL tear uh, last year that he played on. Uh, and I would know because Alvin Kamara was on my fantasy team and it was times where it was like, why aren't they giving this guy the ball enough? And, and it all made sense. He actually, if I can recall the report, said he got the ACL tear or he sustained it during the game against us, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I mean, he didn't have to have surgery for it and so on and so forth. But pairing those two together, that's that's a crazy backfield. If we're going to get into it, man, like, you know, you got a nice, you know, mix and match type of deal there. You got your power and then you got a guy that can catch the passes, a guy that can change directions as well, too. So the New Orleans Saints is one I thought of. And uh, right now I'm kind of blanking out on any other teams, but those are two for me. Uh, Curious to know who you think uh, could be some suitors, though. Yeah, Steelers definitely make a lot of sense just because of what you said right there. Mike Tomlin has seen him up close and personal um uh, i've saw, i saw some people throw out the rams out there because he has a a pretty good relationship still with jalen ramsey i wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing some of these guys that you know have relationships with him start to try and maybe recruit or convince their front offices where you have like an Allen Robinson in, in Chicago or now a Yannick Ngakwe in Minnesota or something along those lines. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but I think Saints and Steelers make a whole lot of sense. Who's the running back in Atlanta right now? So, yeah, I mean, of course, they cut Devontae Freeman, uh, Ty Gurley. But they have uh, Ty Gurley. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah so uh, I saw some people. Home. Well, not home. He's from South Carolina, right. but UCA, you know, so – yeah, he's there. I mean, but that kind of does make sense. But if you, I mean, it makes sense if Todd Gurley is not there because Thomas Dimitrov and the Falcons have that connection to Dave Caldwell and whatnot. They might want to try out one of his former players, if you will, one of his former first round picks and give him a, a new opportunity, if you will, to revamp his career. So that kind of makes sense. But continue. I mean, what about the Washington football team? They, of course, had to release Darius Geis, maybe pair him up with a guy like Adrian Peterson, who it could give him the guidance that you're talking about right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Ron Rivera's there now. 
Ron Rivera is a good coach to much like Mike Tomlin. Uh, Ron Rivera is a coach that will coach him up and help him be a pro's pro if that's what he wants. You know, I'm, I'm saying if that's what Leonard Fournette wants, um, you know, so yes, yeah, those type of guidance figure, you know, especially, you know, that organization is trying to, uh, you know, change the perception that they've had for many, many years. And Leonard Fournette can help with that uh, in terms of, you know, he can help with being paired with Adrian Peterson and helping them get more wins. And he also can help that community, you know, the Washington, D.C. community could use him as well. You know, all of the other stuff that's going on in the world right now, but that community right now could could use him. We've seen what he's done here in the Jacksonville community in terms of the march and uh, pro- making the own, his own march, basically, after the Jaguars had one as well, but he just wasn't in town. Right. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, of course, we'll definitely keep our eye on it, you guys. Uh, we want to hear what your thoughts are. Make sure to tweet the podcast at Believe in Jags Pod. Uh, Jay, let's get into the Unique Ngakwe trade here moment here in just a second. The, the last thing I do want to say on it before we move on, I, I think uh, what we're seeing a lot of on Twitter, a lot of the reaction, and through no fault of his own. And you know what? Shout-outs to our producers, I believe. I'm going to give you the quote, okay? Here's, here's the quote. Through no fault, through really no fault of his own, the Leonard Fournette draft pick may go down as one of the worst in the team's history because of all the backs that were taken behind him, as well as the quarterbacks that won in that draft as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, me, that's, that's the story of the believe in jazz podcast. That's what we've preached. You know, uh, the young man from, uh, that plays with the Vikings comes to mind. I don't know why his name is. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook comes to mind. I'll be, I think Dalvin Cook may have failed because of, it was either off the field issues or it was maybe uh injury that made him fall. Uh, but, you know, just that just goes back to we've been preaching this immediately when Leonard Fournette was released. You know what I thought of personally? I thought of what I've told you already when we were sitting down in the press conference room or the Zoom room we made uh, looking at the second round go down. My thought process then was go get Jonathan Taylor. That's what I said, dude. And, you know, the Colts, our division rivals got him. But, you know, I know the Jaguars had this history of trading up. And I felt like that was the opportunity to trade up and get a guy, especially with it feeling like they were moving towards moving from Leonard Fournette, whether he was able to be unloaded or traded or not. I think like that would have been, you know, a wise investment. But obviously they didn't feel like running back was that much of a need, even without Leonard Fournette in the equation to the point where they would need to spend the second round pick on it. That's puzzling to me though. That really is because I feel like Jonathan Taylor probably going to run all over us week one, but that's my opinion. Right. You, we were definitely uh, screaming from the rooftops for, for a Jonathan Taylor, for a cam acres, DJ Dallas, something along those lines. And it just never happened Uh, again, just to reiterate this list. I know we've talked about it before, but the running backs that went after Leonard Fournette in 2017, of course, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and Austin Eckler went undrafted. So take that for what it's worth, Jaguar fans. That's what happened. And uh, this is where we are now. I think, again, we'll get more into it later on this week. And never let them forget that, you know, I was banging the table for Alvin Kamara, you know, on Jazz Wire. I'm just throwing that out there as an SEC guy that watched him at Tennessee. But, hey, you know. (laughs) 
But what do we know? <laughs> All right, Jay, we've put it off long enough here. Uh, we'll we'll wrap up this discussion with talking about the trade for Unique Ngakwe. The saga is finally over. He has been traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2021 second round pick, as well as a 2022 conditional fifth round pick. And for those uh, that may not know, Jay, uh, a conditional pick, is that's a pick that could possibly change depending on performance. Is that correct? Correct. It's an interchangeable pick. So in this case, as uh, Will eloquently broke it down when he wrote the article, shout outs to Will Frost. He was he been up every morning. I mean, uh, granted, he's in the UK. He you know, he already up and alive and going, got his coffee and all of that stuff. So he's been able to catch these early morning posts, these crazy early morning things that we had go on these last three days, like Yannick and like Leonard Fournette. Uh, but yeah, he um explained it according to Adam Schefter. Basically, in the Jazz case, this is a interchangeable conditional pick in 2022 that could be a fourth round pick if Yannick goes to uh, the Pro Bowl. And it could be a third round pick if he goes to the Pro Bowl and the Minnesota Vikings win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you look at that tandem they now have in Minnesota with Unique and Hunter now. Um, man, so uh, I think it's funny that this happened over the weekend because I just said when we talked to Andrew over on Jags Roar that I don't think that Yannick will go for a second rounder and then they go and trade him for a second rounder. I think this is a good move for the team for it to happen before the season starts, because now you can just focus on whatever it is that you're trying to build, you know, and, and Doug mentioned in that presser was somebody brought, I can't remember who asked the question, but they, they asked the question about possibly tanking. And, you know, he had made the comment, you know, um, if that's the case, then I'm not going to be here next year. You know, unless Doug Marone just all out, is ready to leave Jacksonville. I definitely don't think this is the case, despite what some fans may think. And uh, just when we had our most recent episode with Blythe, you know, I don't buy into tanking as far as the coaches and the players organizationally, who knows what's happening, but player wise. And as far as the coaching staff, that's not going to happen. Um, but I think this is for the best. Of course, we were holding out hope that maybe we would see the tandem of Josh Allen, Caleb on unique, at least for one more year. But unfortunately, that's not going to be the case now that they have four picks in the first two rounds. Jay, I mean, a lot of maneuverability there, right? Yeah, well, they they did brighten up the future, you know, and that's not to. You know, try and pump sunshine into the situation of losing a pro bowler. But I mean that when you look at the future, the future is bright in terms of what they have and what they also what they added due to Yannick and Gakwe. I mean, like. Even if you are a person who does who who doesn't like Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, well, look at it from the perspective of this: whoever the new GM is, you have a appealing case to make to that GM. Now, that's four uh, picks in the top two rounds next year. What GM what doesn't want that? You know, uh, what th that that'll be very appealing to any incoming GM. You know, uh, you know, like I've thrown out um, Borngazi from the Chiefs. Whoever you decide to get, if you want to pluck somebody from the uh, Seattle Seahawks front office, I know they got some guys that have been mentioned frequently. You want to pluck a Daniel Jeremiah, who we talked to earlier and seems to believe that, you know, Dave Caldwell is a good scout and he doesn't think like we have much to worry about with this job. But by the way, 
go back to that episode and listen to it if you all would like. I mean, that one did pretty good. Um, but I digress from my point. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, the future does look bright, although the immediate future or you know, the the outlook for the 2020 season uh doesn't look all that great at the moment. Right. And let's of course be clear, you don't get better by immediate in the immediate future by getting rid of a guy like Unique, at least on the football field, but maybe organizationally you do. Now the quote unquote distraction is gone. And again, just like with Leonard, Unique did everything right. He he outplayed his contract. He, you know, excelled on and off the field. And then really just over these this last year or so, it, everything just deteriorated. And, you know, all this, I think, gets traced back to to just Tom Coughlin and the mismanagement of the team from that 2017 year on to get to where we are now, which we talked in depth with with Blythe. And again, go back and listen to that episode that dropped this past Friday because it is excellent. Um, but yeah, Jay, it's just, <laughs> you look at all the, the people that are now gone from the 2017 team. I think what there's like maybe six names left, something along those lines from that roster. And, uh, you just look at where we are now and, um, I, I get why days like this, it can be difficult to be a fan of this team. And we do sympathize with the fan base. And I, I guess what I would say to them is, look at this thing long-term because right now in 2020 with the year that we've had and the uncertainty of the NFL season in general, uh, it might be a long one. You guys, I would just say, look forward to what the possibility is. And then unfortunately that's kind of the whole theme of being a Jaguar fan, right? Is looking forward. And, uh, but you know, I I would say this is a long-term, a long-term plan because they're trying to completely rebuild this thing really from scratch. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, we never really gave people vibes to be optimistic about 2020. You know, like if you listen to the context of this podcast, what we basically have alluded to is look forward to the future because the immediate future doesn't look all that bright. And that was when they had Leonard Fournette and that's when they had Yannick and Gakwe. Even then, you know, we... No, me and you are of the mindset of six, seven wins, even with those guys, even if Yannick and Gakwe decided to show up. And speaking of which, I guess I'll segue into that and give my thoughts on Yannick and Gakwe. Um, he, you know, he proved that money wasn't the issue, which he said, you know, although me and you were of the belief of we 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 didn't necessarily believe that money would motivate him quote unquote, but we felt like 17, over $17 million was just still too much to, you know, just kind of pass up or whatever the case may be. Uh, but nonetheless, he made it clear money wasn't the motivation. Take, take say a uh, $6 million pay cut approximately. Uh, so he'll play one year for, uh, I think like 12 million. That's the first time I ever seen that done on a franchise tag, by the way, that I can recall. According to Albert Brewer, that's what he's going to play on. Uh, so he's now with the Minnesota Vikings, as you said. We got the compensation. I don't know. I wouldn't say that it was great compensation because me and you wanted first-round picks if we were going to give them up. But, you know, like you said, maybe they felt like they had to get that distraction off the books. Uh, but I will say this, you know, like you said, being paired with Daniil Hunter, a veteran that can 
help him out. Not to say that Yannick Ngakwe uh, has it figured out a majority of it right now, but that's, that certainly does help, especially I think what especially helps is being paired with Mike Zimmer. Great defensive mind. Um, you know, I like Mike Zimmer. Uh, he's a no-nonsense coach to a degree. At least he was back when, uh, you know, I used to see him on hard knocks. I think it was the Cowboys. I think he may have spent time with the Bengals, too, in the past. No-nonsense guy. He's he's perfect for Yannick because they're two no-nonsense type of uh, people. So he's perfect from that perspective. There, there are weapons around him. That defense, as me and you said, because the Jaguars faced them later in the year, is a top 10 defense. So he'll only make that better. It, always, it also makes it interesting that we're going to play them uh, late in the season as well. So we will have to see Yannick and Gakwe, which I find uh, kind of funny that Dave Caldwell would trade him to somebody who, uh, you know, we've got on the schedule. But I guess it was like at this point, like whoever wants him, we'll give him away. We're just ready to remove ourselves of this situation. So in terms of the wheels getting moving on this, maybe this uh, is an indication that, you know, some of the stuff I talked about Ari Nassim was right. Moving on from Ari. It's funny how when he moved on from Ari, you know, just weeks later, his new uh, representation, I forget his name, but he's with the Wasserman agency. I think is the agency that he's with this the new guy gets him out of there, you know, essentially. And he probably told him like, Hey, uh, you know, you, the Vikings only have $12 million in cap space and you are probably going to have to take a pay reduction. But you know, your whole thing this whole time has been, you want to get out of Jacksonville. And if you take a pay cut, I can get you out of there. So if it isn't about money, we got a deal. Basically. It's funny how quickly that came into fruition after changing representation. So that being said, the new agent gets him out of there, gets him to the Minnesota Vikings. Kudos to Yannick. He goes to Twitter with a classy message. You know, he he didn't take, you know, the route of some other people that we've seen in the past and slam the organization or continue to pester or or whatever the case may be, the organization. So, you know, he's there now. Um, and I think, you know, when they had that conversation that we spoke on weeks ago, Yannick and the Jaguars or Dave Caldwell, you know, Yannick probably made it clear then, like, look, Dave, I want to speak to you face to face before I get a new agent. I simply don't want to be there, man. And I'm not going to play. You can take that for what it's worth. You can believe me or not. But I'm telling you face to face, not through an agent. I'm telling you face to face. It does a lot when you you hear a conversation directly. I'm telling you directly, I don't want to be there. Maybe that's what they had. They said in that conversation and Dave registered, registered that processed it. When the new agent came into the equation, he got him out of there and the rest is history. Well, nevertheless, guys, you know, look at the new faces of this new era of Jaguar football. Gardner Minshew, we'll see how he fits in. Of course, you have Josh Allen, CJ Henderson, um, guys like Joe Schobert. And uh, we will see what happens from there. Uh, For what it's worth here, Jay, uh, we're going to wrap up here in just a moment. But take this with a grain of salt uh, because I am not familiar with where these odds came from. But I am seeing it floating around on Twitter as far as the odds for where Leonard Fournette will play. Some teams that we did mention are on this list. However, um, the highest is the Chicago Bears, uh, followed by the New England Patriots, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Washington football team. Houston Texans, Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons, and Pittsburgh Steelers 
are the front runners in terms of the odds as far as what it looks like Vegas is seeing. So take that with a grain of salt. I do see it floating around on Twitter right now, um, but there are some teams that we mentioned on that list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to find a home, make no mistake about it. Um, You know, it's just if Leonard Fournette can wow these teams, especially a team that's taking them on kind of short notice, if you will, uh, if he can wow them in the process leading up to the season, which is only a two-week process, and wow them in terms of catching on to the playbook, which, I mean, I have no uh, no doubts that he can. He definitely can do that, catching up and learning the playbook and so on and so forth and applying it to the field after that. If he can apply it to the field, you know, the team that picks him up will probably resign him. If that team doesn't resign him, you know, that could be kind of telling as to why the Jaguars – uh, let him go as well but we'll see time will tell um, I'm definitely going to be watching him in the future I'm definitely rooting for Leonard Fournette in the future because of what he means to the community and I hope he you know he finds a new home and, and flourishes uh, in the NFL because he can make himself a lot of money in this league and also be a very impactful person off the field uh, for the United States of America yeah absolutely we'll wrap up here momentarily I do just want to Take the opportunity to you know thank Leonard and Unique for for everything. Of course, they were part of that magical run in 2017, but also have been a really important part of the franchise as well as the city over the last few years. Definitely, definitely wish them the absolute best. And um, yeah, but we just wanted to get into this episode. Of course, get it out here really quick, guys. Again, we will be back later this week with Coach Nick Triss from Believe in the Game Plan for a more, uh, I would say, comprehensive deep dive into the team and also a little bit of training camp stuff. And I'm sure we'll touch on both of these topics with Nick when we get him on the episode. So, uh, Jay, go ahead and, you know, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? And, uh, you know, we'll see what else the week has to bring. <laughs> so, yeah, man, uh, Nick's going to come on from the uh, Game Plan podcast. We're going to talk to him. I got with him about two weeks ago. Told him, you know, after we have Blythe on, we'll have him on. So we'll talk with him. Um, And Nick's a big gambling guy. So maybe we'll do like uh, some over-unders with Nick. He'll be the person, the, the perfect person to do that with. Uh, he's also, as we said, a coach. So, you know, maybe we'll do some film breakdowns and, uh, you know, get that out for the people as well. Because we, as we all know, Jags Twitter loves breaking down films and breaking down players. So. Uh, in terms of this, you know, we'll continue to follow the Leonard Fournette situation and where he goes. We'll have plenty of content on that. We'll be following training camp as well as it's wrapped up. I mean, you could pretty much say the bulk of it, the hard part of training camp is over because that's what they were saying this weekend or whatever. But we'll continue to monitor practice as they continue to prepare for the Indianapolis Colts. And of course, you know, in the future, when we get to that week, uh, me and Phil will have on a Colts guest. Uh, maybe our homie Arden Franklin from the Colts Wire, who's been a friend of the show for a long, long time. So we'll get into that. But right now, you know, it's just monitoring the team as they get ready for the regular season and just, you know, covering the aftermath of getting uh, Yannick Ngakwe traded and the aftermath of Leonard Fournette being released. That's right, guys. So make sure you're following the Jaguars Wire on social media, as well as the podcast at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. We are constantly tweeting out the latest in terms of Jags news, as well as quotes. Um, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you head on over to 
Apple Podcasts to leave us a five-star review. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. We are also at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. So we'll see you guys again later this week. Thank you so much for joining us on this quick, impromptu episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe. Do you? We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.